Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Hello. Welcome. I thought you were going to put that to our podcast. The song. I thought you were going to start with the song. No, I'm not going to sing the Way Around the World song because you just sang it and that's not even going to show up in the audio recording. Hey, before we get to the Pramvel, which there's been a little bit of confusion, by the way. Oh, okay. First of all, thank you to everybody who emailed. Very much appreciate it. That helps us. If you didn't email, shame on you. Uh, <laughs> no shame. Pramvel with a V mm-hmm. is our. Uh, preamble travel, travel section of the podcast Pram-vel. now. It's also a cheese, so it's with a V, Pramvel. We got some Prambels. That sounds like a very American version of Pramvel, which we're European now, so we say it in European. Right, just to be clear, it used to be the Pramble. It did, with a B, But yes. now we're European, and so it's Pramvel. And there's a, a couple accents on a couple letters, but I'm not going to tell you which It's like ones. one of those words that's like similar here it in is. a different language, but very which different. Which is why when you go back to the old Americas, they're like, Pramvel, you know? Give me that Pramvel cheese. Anyway, before the Pramvel. Yes. We haven't talked about Wordle on our podcast. Okay. And I wanted to ch- just chat about it. Okay. Because uh, for the past couple of weeks, maybe even months, it's taken the internet by storm yeah. and we're kind of not on the internet, which is apropos for which this we'll episode. Talk topic. About in this yeah. episode. But we have been loving Wordle and I just Definitely. thought it would be fun to share for any of our Wordle lovers out there, how we play Wordle together. Yeah, It started like separately. Like I think I, because I was on Twitter and you weren't, so yes. I found it pretty early because yes. the, the Twitter verse was also can breaking the news. Even a little further backstory. I do love word games. You love word games. I, so you're good at jumbles, Scrabble. Like I have an affinity for solving yes. jumbles. I think I probably kept it to myself for a while because of that. Yeah. Because you excel at word games, yes. and I was like, I want this like, for myself. We can't play Scrabble anymore because no, no, it no. just doesn't go well. No, yeah. because I'm like admittedly like a Scrabble amateur and you're like a Scrabble black belt. And so it's just like, that's the problem. It's not that I know, like um, have a better grip on like language and things like that. It's that I know all the two, three, four letters Scrabble words. Yeah. It's yes. So it's like, I can play like X I X U. And then it's not fun for me. Cause I'm like, like, what's that word? Like rust. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. uh, you just played okay. an S and that was way done. to way to think of a four letter word. And, and I'm you like, didn't uh. even play the S on a connecting word. It just is a yeah. I just tile. am excited. I can make a yeah. word out of my yeah. tiles. Anyway, you ruin it for me. So we can't play that. But then, so after I played it for a while, I was keeping it to myself. And then a couple days, I would imagine, because you can't keep secrets. For it was long. longer, really. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And then I was like. I was like, oh, Jason might like this. So I told you about it. And then you were playing on your own. And then we would kind of just say like, oh, you, I got it in three. I got it in four, whatever. Now we have evolved into a ritual, which is we play it at the same time. Same time. Uh, we did have a couple of days where somebody, I'm not going to say which one of us, was like kind of rubbing it in other people's faces <laughs> if they got it in a better Listen, number. Listen, if you get a two... You get to celebrate. That's the that's fine. the house rule. That's fine. And then I <laughs> and then I was the next day got it in a two and then and was so excited that I celebrated and then Jason also got it in a two that day and so he uh, can just eat uh, a <laughs> bag of something. <laughs> anyway, but we do like it and we send yeah. each other our little 
score. Shares. And then we yeah. literally take each other through the, the words, words the, where and, the letters, and like yeah. our strategies. I know yeah. this sounds so nerdy, but like, I'll be like, and then I went with break because I had the E and the yeah. A. And then, and anyway, we get a lot of joy out of it. And, um, yeah, it's fun. That's Wordle. Yeah, I, I like the way that we've set this up now to play. For any of you who are listening who have partners and you like little word games, or even if you don't and you just want something silly to do for like five minutes a day, Caroline does it on her iPad, I do it on my iPhone, and we just like sit across and we play and like one of us will be like, okay, I'm done. The other person's like, oh, no, they get oh, quickly, no. you know, whatever. Like there are some days when I'm I'm stuck. I'm at like, I'm on my fourth guess and I refuse to get a fifth word finish. So I just will sit there because that's another part of the game. There's no time element. Well, there is. It does time you. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Oh, so if yeah. you look on your, when it when you get it and it shows you your stats or whatever, yeah. there is a timer. Oh, but oh, there's wait. no... I think so. I don't think so. Maybe it's the timer that just says till the next one. Yeah, I think no, that's No, there what it is. is a time element because I've seen people say, oh, are you someone who like, like I've seen people. Who are like quick guessers? Well, they're like, they're like, is it about the fewest number of guesses or is it about the the quickest you can get the word? Yeah, it's the fewest number of guesses. That's how I play yeah, it as well. Yeah, If you're playing, it, th th there's no timer in the game when you're playing. There like, that's is. The thing. I think there is. Not when, you, not when you're sitting on the screen playing, there is no timer. There's no timer. I know this as okay. someone who's like very into Aware. word games okay, and okay, understands okay. the I rules and nuance you. of them. There's no timer. Okay. So anyway, this is why I wanted to talk about Wordle because we have lots of feelings <laughs> we have about Wordle. We strong opinions. Yeah. Also, about a week or two ago, I told Jason, I was like, I got really, <laughs> this is so me. I was like, I feel really bad for the Wordle guy. And you were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, the guy who made up Wordle for his... I think his partner who loves word games and now everybody's talking about Wordle, but like nobody knows who the guy is. And like, I just yeah. have this deep thing. And then about, there were the, so the we competitors. Yeah, yeah. And then like people would pop up and I was like, I know some iPhone app is already like trying to sell yeah. this as a game. And I was really upset and like about the injustice of right. the original Wordle creator. And then we saw the news story that, that New York times bought the original Wordle from Mr. Wardle from the guy whose last name is Wardle. So great. And it made me so happy. I was like, he got his due. Yeah. And also like, you know, it didn't sell to Zynga. It sold to like New York Times. Which, <laughs> which, like which I think is the part yeah. of the story because the whole thing was that he, his partner loves the Times and he made yeah, the, the original and, yeah. game as like an idea about, anyway, it was a yeah. beautiful first full circle moment. I got excited for the Mr. Wardle. And when Mr. Wardle went cashed out, which is great. Good for you. You, you did it. I didn't look up how much he sold it for. Do you think Didn't else? either. Um, I don't think it's probably available, but... Then you gave yourself permission to download an app. Yeah, after I knew... So I did as well. I, after I knew that Wardle got his due, Yeah. then my ethics went out the window and I just decided to <laughs> but download... But we still play. A, we still play the official. Of course, we play the official. Yeah. But I, I needed my fix because, you know, the thing about Wordle is you can only play once a day. So I needed my fix. So we looked up a couple of competitors where you can play as many times. I will tell you this. Part of the charm of Wordle is you can only play one once a day. A day because yeah. after playing for about 30 minutes endlessly yeah it wasn't as fun anymore because i was like i feel like i'm gaming it now yeah yeah so i yeah, quit just, yeah i'm off the stuff enjoy the og also if you've never heard of wordle but you're like i love word games just google wordle, wordle. and it'll probably be the very first one just know that it's like a dot co dot uk website so if you see that and you're like oh that's probably not it no that is that it. is that's it. the <laughs> legit one Okay, so that's Wordle. Wanted to share that. Uh, we will play that's, after that we record the That was the preamble to the Pramvel. Pramvel. Let's talk about Lisbon. So mm -hmm. as of you listening to this, we are still in Lisbon for a couple more days. A couple more days. We will be moving on to our next destination, which we're excited to share with you in all of its glory. But we want to stay in Lisbon and we want to share a couple stories as we've been doing it. So these stories are very much going to be food related. 
well, that's the thing. We were like, what are we going to talk about about Lisbon? And to, to kind of give you a recap of the past, you know, after the whole COVID thing, which if you tuned into our last episode, we documented Jason having COVID here in Lisbon. Um, thankfully, you're feeling 100% back to normal. 100%. Very, very, very thankful yeah. about that. And um, so once we were able to come out of isolation, basically all we've been doing here is eating. Yeah. And that's what we've decided is Lisbon is not somewhere that we would live full time because it's just too much of a city we're not, Yeah, life. we're just not big city people. One, like I totally 100% understand how people are city people, but this whole series is about embracing you. And if we're embracing us, we like more space. Yeah. We like less chaos. We like, but the, but the bonus of being in a city. And I will say like one of the pros is that the abundance of restaurants yeah. and good food is incredible. Yeah. And so we've just been basically eating every day. We've been doing a lot of eating, which is fantastic. And we get to share that with you and, uh, we'll share some of our, our favorite stories. But before that, we want to talk about the thing that we stumbled across five years ago that we had never done before. Almost five years ago, we went to Italy and in Italy, we were in Rome and we decided to book a food tour and we had never, have you never done a food tour before? Have you? No. I've never done a food vacation. tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't do them in like Orlando, Florida, you know, like, no, no like the thought Rome. that I just had was I've like probably the closest thing I can think of is like a field trip when I was a kid, like going to like a farmer's market right. and then being like, here's, here's you the know? farmer's market. Yeah. yeah. But Eat I'm like, some strawberries. It, food tour very much feels like an adult field trip. It really is. Uh, with a chaperone and everything. <laughs> exactly. So we did this food tour in Rome with Sophie. She was amazing. She took us all these little spots. She just like walked in front of the line of people and just like went and talked to people. It's amazing. Cause you have a local who helps you. So when we just decided to do this trip for a year, one of the things we were like, let's try and do this. If it feels safe with COVID and everything else, do a food tour in every city because it'll really help you get acclimated to the city. Yes. Cause you walk around with a local. That's definitely a travel tip is I, I if you can book a food tour, make it towards the beginning yeah. of your stay there because you get a lay of the land. You get incredible. Usually they infuse it with like history and just yeah. culture. And then you also, now you have this list of little places um, that just sparked in my brain that sandwich place that Elsa told us about. I know we haven't we, been there. We need to eat there. Yeah. Um, okay. So we found, uh, your friend in Lisbon.com. Yes, if you are going recommend. to Lisbon, go, uh, immediately reach out to them. They have a couple different tours. We actually booked the wrong one first. We emailed them. It's shavy all the Luxury. details. Uh, but we had a date set with Elsa. I do want to say we specifically also chose them because they, like take COVID extremely seriously. So we specifically requested a private tour. We emailed them to see if we could do only outdoor stops. So they were very accommodating and just want to say that again, just to remind people that we're trying to be as responsible in our choices as possible as we do these things. Absolutely. So we plan to meet with Elsa. It's a Friday that we're meeting up with her. I think it was like, you know, just in the afternoon and we were meeting in like the main square. So it was actually a place we hadn't walked to yet. So we walked up, we met Elsa. I'm not going to take you through every single detail of the food tour, but we walked up, we met Elsa. She's absolutely lovely. She is a history major, I believe. Yeah, she had all these crazy degrees. She speaks like and six languages. So many languages, yeah. yeah. She's lived in oh, Lisbon langu- her entire she, life. I think one of her degrees is in linguistics. Yes. So we were talking about language the whole oh time. My it was gosh. so fun. So you could, we could tell that she really wanted to do the historical tour, but we made it very clear and we were, and we were like, listen, we really appreciate the history. Well, like if you- We want some of it. Right. But we want the food more it's than It's like we else. want food with a side of history, not history with a little snack at the right. end. Right, exactly. So Elsa took us to a, a handful of spots and I thought we were going to be like meandering all around the city. Like I thought this was going to be, you know, quite a, 
we walked like seven feet to the first spot <laughs> right off the square. Uh, and so she would go in, she would get the food, she would bring it out to us. So we did that in like five different spots. Some of them were like standing outside with a bunch of people, you know, socially distanced. We weren't close to anybody, but standing outside and people are just like standing at little tables, like having a sip of some ginginia, which mm-hmm. is the sour cherry wine, uh, which is not sour. It's very sweet, but it has sour cherries in it as well. Uh, then we walked around to this little deli that's been there for over a hundred years. Incredible. And you stand inside and you just realize like this, this place is amazing. Also fun fact about them when the pandemic hit, their business, they'd never had a website. They'd never sold anything online. Out of like e-commerce. principle. Yeah, they just were like, we're going to you know, do this. Well, obviously that went away. So they had to build a website, figure out all the online thing. And now like half of their business is online. And yeah. it's really helpful for them. Uh, so we got to go to that place. And it's just really fun to walk around, like get a bunch of history from Elsa, ask her a bunch of questions, you know, all these different things. Uh, and I, I will say my favorite part, I think, was at the end where she was like, listen, normally I would take people here. But you guys, I want to take to one of my favorite spots. And we we're like, absolutely. So we walked like a bunch further than she went off script. She, yeah, she went off script. We went Although a bunch she further. might that might be her thing. It is might to be, be like totally, yeah. you special. Yeah. It's like when you have a restaurant. But you know where, what? It made us feel special. Yeah. When you go to a restaurant, like, hey, this is like the secret course that like no one gets. And you look around like, but everyone's Everyone getting this. Does, yeah. Everyone's getting the glass of prosecco when they sat down. What was your favorite thing that we ate on the tour? Because we like you said, there was like five or six or seven stops. Oh man, my overall favorite. favorite. Do you if have you had yours? to choose. The one that's coming to mind, I mean, yes. The one that's coming to mind is like the one thing that I couldn't have very much of because it had gluten in it. But she took us, basically our, one of the last stops was this, and it was probably the least fancy out of oh, all. Absolutely. Like, or trendy or anything. It was just kind of like this little restaurant where they had a, what she called a kale soup yeah. and this chorizo bread. Yeah. The kale soup, is more potato soup with like shredded kale in it. And I know you're probably listening like that's kale not that. Kale soup, yeah. are you kidding me? It was so, it was just getting cold at night and it was like so, ref- not refreshing, what's the opposite of refreshing? Like warming. Yeah. And then, but the real winner for me was the chorizo bread the because chorizo bread. my goodness. Like I just keep it was like describing cal- it. It's like a calzone. A calzone without with rec- less With less cheese. Yeah, less, it was no ricotta. Yeah. It was just like this baked, like, chorizo and cheese bread so good and I could only have like a couple bites yeah but it was amazing I think man it's hard it's hard to pick a favorite because they were just all so different and they were also kind of like interesting honestly the ginginia was just Mm -hmm. I just love tasting tequila and mezcal and things like that so when she was like oh this is like really strong and like taking a sip of it it just was a really fun thing like Mm -hmm. just like I really enjoyed the experience of it I think all the food for me like none of the food was wow amazing it was it was interesting it was good I was, it was glad more I the tried experience it. of it was more the experience but I, and I think also like I remember in our food tour with Sophie none of the food that we had oh, was wow same. amazing yeah. it just was really fun to try all the different things and right. then know like oh okay like we want to go back and get more of that chorizo bread because it was really good yeah it's kind of the same way of like if you have like a charcuterie board or something like that you're very rarely are you like wow like yeah. each one of those things is, but it's more about the experience of tasting each one is what is fun yeah um, that's what I think of as the food tour let's talk about our charcuterie board so the first restaurant we wanted to share about here and again we're not going to talk about all the restaurants we've eaten but this is uh, a terrace restaurant a rooftop restaurant above the Pollux that's what you should know about Lisbon is the it's called I think we've already mentioned it's called the city of seven hills yeah and so it's sort of built up like. Go, going from this, the river, which is sort of the southern um, 
boundary upward. And so that's a beautiful thing about the city is you kind of, it has this like this cascading up a hill type vibe to it. And there's all these incredible rooftops where you can go and eat and see these panoramic panoramic views of the city. So I think that's something that's very Lisbon. Yeah. Um, And so we specifically set out to find a couple of rooftops that we could eat at. And this one, we just so happened to look up and it's at the top of this department store, basically called Pollux, which yeah. is where we got some of our Eggpan Bandit uh, supplies, which yeah. go and listen to previous episodes if you don't know what the Eggpan Bandits are. Yep. Uh, but I really had this moment of where when we were walking there, I was thinking like, we're basically going to a restaurant at the top of a Target is yeah. like what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I'm like, how cool can it be? We take the elevator up. Let me answer this for you. Very cool. Yeah. It is. If, okay, this won't mean anything to you, Jason, but if you're someone who understands this term, the interior decor was very dark academia vibes. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I get it. Okay, yeah. so it's like very like moody with like bookshelves with rolling ladders yeah. and like um, those, what do you call it? Those nail head uh, sofas. There's Chesterfield sofas, I think sure, is what it's yeah, called. Yeah. That type of thing. And we went early enough where there weren't very many people. So it felt like we had this like private little rooftop restaurant to ourselves. Yeah. And we got to eat at a table for two right against the glass. And so we're basically overlooking the city of Lisbon at night. We have a, like, directly perpendicular to our view is the Santa Justa Lift, which is, like, a pretty famous landmark. Yep. And it's all lit up in yep. the, like, promenade um, before that. And it was just, like, magical. Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, I think the entire – it was one of the meals that I think we'll never forget because mm-hmm. the entire time we're, like – this is amazing. This is amazing. And it's, the food was great. The food was Incredible. delicious. Yeah. But I think just the whole of it was just such a fantastic experience. Uh, we got a little wine that uh, was from a grape that's like, it's called a bastard grape. It's like the one they don't use for the port wine. So it's like a single grape that they make this wine with. Uh, we tried it and we're like, oh, this is very different. It was like a rosé meets a Pinot Noir. Which is so not our thing, but we we were just, we were hooked on the story. Yeah. And I just our Storytelling marketing. Our waiter was great. He just would come back and he's like, oh, that's a great choice. And he would, you know, go and, you know, get us something else. But yeah, we had a cheese board. We had a bunch of other things. uh, And it was just such a lovely experience. And and we, uh, we gave an 11 out of 10. Like it really deserves an 11 out of 10. Definitely. So So that was definitely one of our most memorable restaurants. And the food here has been incredible, and it's been kind of our favorite thing about the city. Yeah. Um, I'll be excited to, on our next destination, potentially have just a different vibe. Oh, yeah. Our next destination is a very different vibe from this one, so... Um, may, may have way less food stories. Yeah, now yeah. that we have... Yeah, exactly. We know that there's going to be less food options in the next place, so we're kind of living it up while we can now. Yep. And I'll just say, overall, you know, it... For me personally, this whole experience is exactly what I thought it was going to be in terms of it's like the coolest and most challenging thing that I've ever done. Yeah. Like I keep telling Jason, my emotions are just like, I know we're on the podcast and it sounds, we we give you the highlights, right? Because that's what, you know, is fun to share. But I do want to make sure that I'm very clear in saying that it's not easy. Yeah. And, um, my emotions go through these like wild peaks and valleys on a daily basis because you're encountering some of the most magical, fun, delightful experiences, but you're also balancing that out with like some of the most daily like tasks become so much harder than you're used to. And that can really wear a person out, especially one who, you know, is already has a hard time with their mental resources. So for me, it's just been about like kind of accepting that it's hard and letting whatever emotions come up be there 
and working through it and not going to this place where I decide like, I can't do this. Like whenever I'm in one of those low points, my brain sometimes goes to like, I think I told you this, like the emergency exit where it just wants to be like, nope, I can't do this. I'm flying home. Like this was a bad idea. And I think part of what I need to learn on this journey or what I want to learn on this journey is to not go to that place of panic when things get hard and to instead just go, oh, it's okay that this is hard. Yeah. And just, oh, it's a hard day. Okay. What am I going to do with that? You know, not just like totally, like just stay in the experience, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for me as well, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we talked about it before we left of like, you're trying to avoid FOMO at all costs. So it's like, there's right. so many things we could do. There's so many things we could see. There's so much stuff that we might miss out on. And we're here for a month. And you would, you might look back and watch the video that we're eventually going to post and be like, that's all you guys saw and did that you wanted to share. Like there's, you know, I've seen all these other, it's like, yeah, but that's what felt right to us. Yeah. Like you almost feel guilty staying inside for a day and like working or just relaxing or whatever. And you, you feel guilty because you are comparing it to those like travel videos. Yeah. But I remind us, so this kind of ties back into the whole thing about embracing you, reminding us that our goal with this wasn't to play the tourist game. It was to live how we live in a different place. Right. And how we live in California is we have some days where it's just work days and we stay inside and it's just sort of homebody days. Yeah. And so why not give ourselves permission to have those days here, even though you know, the whole world would say, you should see this and you should see that, but we're not listening to the whole world. We're listening to what we, we want to do and what we want this experience to also, be. Also, we just can't afford to eat at a rooftop <laughs> restaurant every night, you know? Yeah, I, I made it sound like we eat out every day, but actually one thing I've really been enjoying is our little meal, meal planning. And I told you, we, we've been eating in a lot more than I thought. Like, yeah. I think it's because every eating out experience takes up so much space in my like memory bank. Yeah. I don't remember the grilled cheese that you make here at home or the salads that we make for lunch, but I've been impressed with our ability to still make meals at Didn't home. Didn't mention the uh, fresh mush mushroom pasta that I put together, whipped together from scratch. But that's okay. I mean, it's no big deal. I'm not holding a resentment. Let's go ahead and shift into the topic of the episode. You know? <laughs> yeah, we should give people a timestamp in the description of like, hey, if you want to actually listen to business advice, no, start here. Listen, I told you we got enough Pramvel emailers, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, that people want this. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they can fast forward if they want to get to the boring business. Boring part. business. So I feel like we do an episode about social media once every quarter. Yeah. So it's like every six months. Every actually. six months. Yeah. And I think it's because our, like probably a lot of people, our feelings and our relationship to social media changes that often. Yeah. Um, I go through stages where I'm into it and it's providing value in my life. And then I go through stages where I'm like, I this is actually causing the collapse of society. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so we just like to check in and do an entire episode about where we are with it. And then also what I want this episode to be is again, going back to the whole theme of embracing you is giving you some things to be mindful of when deciding what your social media strategy is going to look like for your business and balancing that with your own personal relationship to social media and whether it's a positive or negative force in your life. Yeah. And I think so much of this has been such an interesting journey the past 10 years watching social media evolve. As someone who like, I was very early on a lot of these platforms and now I'm very much just like not on any of these platforms and just watching how much it feels like you have to be on all of them. And that's the kind of the advice from so many people specifically who are on these platforms and how much I think we're trying to give people permission. Like we did a full social media episode where we kind of talked about that and we got a bunch of good feedback from that. 
that maybe you don't need to be on social media for business. And mm -hmm. maybe there are other ways to do it and you have to get creative and you may have to work a little bit differently, not necessarily harder, but differently than you're used to, but that there is another opportunity in another way. And I think part of that is what we're starting to really realize, and maybe it's you more than me, but it's that maybe it's just not good for us to be on these platforms for our mental health. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not good for the use of our time. Like maybe there's a better way to use our time. And what are the other options, right? And, yeah. and to be able to share that with the folks who listen to this and to maybe also be some of the voices, because we're not alone in this, who are saying like, yeah, maybe just don't be on Instagram, TikTok, and like all these places where everyone's hanging out and there are other ways to do this. Yeah, I definitely want to get to later in the episode talking about, well, what do you do when you don't want to be on social media, but you feel like you need it for your business? But I guess first, it makes sense to start with where we are at this moment in time with our relationship to social media so that then we can share some practical tips. And I also want to make it clear that where we are with it right now doesn't have to be where you are with it. Right. You could be hitting your stride and feeling like you love Instagram reels and you, you know, TikTok is awesome. And that like, this is not for us to say you should not be on social media. This is not for us to say social media is bad or good. Any of those types of declarative statements, but it is the first time where I personally am feeling like, oh, it's not that I just need a little, like, it's not that I need to spend less time on social media right now. It's that I need to take a full stop break. Yeah. And, and I started sensing this probably a few weeks ago, but I think it, the seed of the idea started in December when I saw my friend Tiffany Hahn post on Instagram and say, she was doing this project, the year of no, where she was like, I'm fully doing a full year of no Instagram and, you know, all these other things that she was sort of like a, having a full year about boundaries and things. And I remember seeing this post and being like, first of all, good for her for making that choice. And she's always doing those types of like interesting experiments, I would say. But then I thought to myself and I was like, oh, well, do, should I do that? And, but I remember distinctly thinking, oh, I don't need to do that. I remember thinking... I don't spend that much time on Instagram anymore anyway. Like I'm not posting on my personal account. We were, we've been taking a break with wandering aimfully. We come on, we come off. And I thought I'm at this place with social media where like very much I can choose whether, when I want to use it and how I want to use it. And I, I feel pretty flexible with it, but that idea got planted. And then what happened was all of this, this transition with us making this trip and everything coming here, I realized I wasn't spending a lot of time scrolling Instagram, but the, like, let's say a three minutes at a time I'm scrolling, but every time I would go to, to go to my feed, I would get this immense wave of anxiety and, and just this like pit in my stomach of like, I don't it, like so many voices constantly running through my head. So many things about like the shoulds and yeah, because the thing about Instagram now, the content is so much and it, it's, it's so helpful. A lot of it. But in order to develop an audience, you, and this isn't just for Instagram, this is for like Twitter too. Every, every platform has its own brand of this. The content that does really well and gets seen is the stuff that's either a hot take, right? Yep. It's like, do this yep. or unpopular opinion, this, Thread. or even the well-meaning stuff. Like I follow a couple of therapists on Instagram because I love, you know, diving deeper into mental health and everything. But once you start to consume that content so much on a regular basis, every, you start to see the whole world through this lens of like, oh, like this is narcissism and this is gaslighting and this is this, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, 
and all of those things can be really helpful, but, but I just think the sheer quantity that gets mainlined to you on a daily, 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 daily basis over and over again, I don't know. I was starting to feel my, my own thoughts becoming more critical. Yeah. Well, and we talked about this a lot. I don't mean to cut you off, but like, it's like the loss of nuance. Right. Like that's really what it, it it feels like it's becoming. It's Mm -hmm. like, there's no more nuance. Mm -hmm. It's either like you're a good person and you do these seven things or you're a bad person because you do these seven things. Yeah. And I felt this like hyper self-consciousness develop in my own brain where every thought I had, every move I made, every, everything just made me feel really self-conscious and critical of myself. And I started talking to myself in a way that was not like I had ever talked to myself before. And, um, and then just as an anxious person also like consuming the news in that, in those types of little sound bitey ways for two years and all the fear mongering and all the the pandemic stuff, like it's so important to be aware of what's going on, but the way that the news feeds it to us in this most, it's literally manufactured to get the most emotional reaction out of us. Right. And so I just finally reached this place where I started going, maybe Tiffany's onto something here. Like what would my voice sound like if I was off of these platforms? If I could just kind of go into this like silent, not to, not to be in my own little bubble or with any intention of like, being ignorant or drowning those things out, but just removing myself for long enough that I could develop my own compass again, you know? And so I am now toying around with this idea of, well, I've been completely off of social media platforms for probably like a week now, like just Mm -hmm. haven't logged in at all. And I can already feel a change in my mental state. And I feel like there's more space for things. There's more space to create also. Like I think I haven't been able to post my writing like I used to because I started to feel like my voice didn't matter. It just all started to sound so crowded and noisy and I just didn't enjoy being there. So why would I enjoy posting? Um, and so now I'm putting around this idea of like, maybe I, maybe I, we make more of a formal kind of line in the sand like Tiffany did and say like, you know, for the next six months, like we're not going to be on these, in these places. And I've also toyed around with this idea of moving back to this old school blogging format where like, I literally just have a blog where I can talk about the things that I'm learning on this journey of traveling and people can take it or leave it, but I don't have to log into Instagram to share that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot to dig into there. And I think one of the things uh, that I find very interesting from my own side of this is like how I viewed Twitter two years ago mm-hmm. and it's the exact same thing. And it's why I basically, like well, I quit Twitter. I didn't basically quit Twitter. Like I just stopped using Twitter and I had this moment when I did that where I was like, okay, you know, how does this shape me? Cause my identity has been so driven by this platform. The people that I consume information from, like it's where I get like so much sense of, what's going on in the world and everything else. And then I just started to log in every day and just feeling like crap. Like every time I would log in, like no matter what, I just didn't feel good. I was like, well, I need to stop doing this. Like the number one, Twitter is not helping our business. Like we know that for a fact, but also I just, let me, let me try and see what this feels like. And I I feel like this is your version of that kind of coming around to that with Instagram. Mm -hmm. And, And I think you're feeling the exact same things that I felt. And I would be shocked if you actually come back and keep using Instagram Mm -hmm. because I feel so much better in my life, not using Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I have these moments where I go, Oh, like I want to like log in and make sure I'm not missing out on anything. And then I just go, why? Like what, like I don't need the satisfaction of that. And, and I think 
that has really been a big thing. And I don't talk a lot about my mental health journey, but I really do think it was affecting me a lot. Mm -hmm. And Twitter's had these moments in my life where it has really affected me. And that was one two years ago where I just finally said enough is enough. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just not going to be on this platform anymore. And I feel so much better doing yeah. it. The thing that's hard is like I literally was so close right before we left to literally going a different direction, which was that I thought to myself, well, this trip, we're never going to have another opportunity in life where the content that you're like organically creating is going to lend itself well to a platform like TikTok, for right. example, right? Like travel content on TikTok performs really well for obvious reasons, because people want a window into these other places that they may not be able to get to physically. And so I thought to myself, all right, maybe now's the time to buy into TikTok and really, you know, get curious about it, see how to use it, get comfortable with yeah, it. See it as an experiment business. We see love experimenting. See it as an experiment. And also, you know, these platforms, there is a little bit of this voice in your head that goes with anything related to marketing. If you don't at least taste the new thing, you might get left behind, right? Yeah. I was very close to like convincing myself of doing that. And I probably could have, but I have to pay attention when something impacts my mental health so obviously and even if there is still a part of me that is would be interested to see what does us creating TikTok content on this trip look like, it's not worth any type of, it's not worth the curiosity, it's not worth the business results, it's not worth looking like an authority because you know we're tasting these platforms and, and trying to unpack them. It's not worth any of that to me if it comes at the expense of my mental health. We said this before on the podcast, when you go through a mental health crisis like I did in 2019, everything becomes clear and it, and your only directive becomes to never go back to that place where your entire psyche is skating on thin ice yeah. and mine was. And yeah. so I will never go back there if at all possible. And so, um, none of that is worth, is worth my mental health. And so it becomes very clear to now go in this opposite direction and go, well, I don't know. What does our business look like without social media? Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I and like business and life. <laughs> yeah. And I like a challenge to, especially for like our upcoming spring enrollment, which is, you know, about a month plus away. And so we're not going to be on Instagram. I mean, I believe it. No. Know yeah. Yet. We're not going to be on Instagram during that time. And so it'll be the first launch of Wandering Aimfully Unlimited when we're not on Instagram answering DMs, creating content. And now I will say we do have the data on the back end that says that it's only like 15% of people say that Instagram is the way that they find us and it leads to the decision to buy. So I have the sinking suspicion that because we're not there, maybe we'll lose out on 15% of people who buy, but maybe we won't. Maybe those people are already on our email list, on our website, mm -hmm. on our YouTube channel, listening to our podcast. They already are hearing us. It's just Instagram is like the final nudge yeah. over the thing. And if we're very clear on Instagram, because I think that's one thing we haven't done yet that we're going to do, and maybe by the time you listen to this, we've done it, is basically say like, we're off Instagram right now. So if you want to get a hold of us, if you have questions about anything, if you want to follow our travels, like here's how we're doing that in a way that feels good to us, which I'm just excited about. Like, you know, I had, when we were talking about this trip, I had the idea of like, I want to do one blog post in every place, right. like a recap. And we kind of like, you know, didn't come back around to that discussion because like, oh, we're going to post on Instagram. You know, that's just what we're going to do. We're going to make a YouTube video. We'll talk about it on the podcast. We'll talk about it in the email. That'll be enough. We don't need a blog post. But now I think it's like completely flipped where like, like now, the blog post becomes the one thing. Yeah. And maybe we'll post like one image on Instagram and just say, hey, we're not in the DMs. We're not on this. But like if you want to learn about our exactly. trip, go here, which I think that is what it's going to end up being. But the whole thing that I want to get across is just 
ask yourself these questions, right? Like figure out what it could look like. It's like, I took that one seed of an idea from Tiffany, kudos to her for like leading the charge. And, and I, you know, put it through my own filter, which is what embracing you is all about and saying like, huh, well, what is my relationship to it right now? And then said, what could it look like if we did it this way instead of that way? And challenging all these assumptions about, I have to be using these platforms yeah, and putting it through your own filters. So for us, mental health being a very important one, these are all good questions. And I also want to say, if you're the opposite right now, if you are loving Instagram, if you are loving creating TikTok content, um, like embrace that too. Like yeah. this is not us saying social media is bad. This is not us saying that you should be off of it too. This is, this is not us saying any of that. This is us saying that these are extremely ubiquitous forces now in our lives in this modern era. And it behooves all of us to ask ourselves at every step of the way, is this bringing value to my life? Is this a negative force in my life? And just like making decisions that are completely through your own unique lens. And maybe we're saying, ask yourself, what is it all for? Maybe that's <laughs> what we're saying. Okay, where do you want to go next? Well, I do want to bring up an immediate thing that comes to mind whenever we have this conversation of like, just get off social media if you want. I understand that there are some small businesses getting started out there who might be in a position to say, well, what do I do? What do I do instead? I have a zero audience right now. Yeah. And that is the really hard thing is that yes, to build an audience, you have to go to where the people are and the people are on social media. Yeah. So what do you say to that, Jason? Yeah. One thing that we have talked about a lot, which is to, Basically, write down all the places you could go. So where are all of the platforms that you could spend your time and effort as a smart business owner who has an online business and you want to promote that business? So you could be on Instagram. You could be on TikTok. You could be on Twitter. You could be on Facebook. You could be on YouTube. But the thing is, you don't have to be on all of them. Completely. And you definitely don't have to be on any of them that make you feel like shit. And I think that's really the big thing that's the different advice that we give that a lot of people don't, which is like, hey, Instagram is really hot right now with reels, like you gotta take advantage of it. And we're like, it doesn't matter that it's hot right now. What matters right. is if you don't like being there, don't be there. Well, especially cause that's gonna hold you back from creating content consistently and you're only gonna get mad at yourself, you know? And it's just, why not go somewhere where you feel propelled forward, not held back by the fact that you feel like shit. Yeah, so the kind of the thing that we would really advise if you were asking us for that is to pick the platform where it makes you feel the best when you're spending time on it, but you have to make sure you pick a platform that has some organic reach to it. Mm -hmm. So just as an example, starting a podcast would actually be a bad idea if you're a new business owner, in, in my personal opinion, I don't know if you share the same opinion, because it's a closed system. Like the, the, to well, find organic reach with a podcast is so difficult to do. Yes. I would say the caveat is I just don't view podcasts. That's why I don't put it in the social media category right. because you're not going where people are. But I do think a lot of people think that way. Cause yeah. we, we even have people who join right. modern Infinity like my, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got a podcast and a website and an email list. And we're like, okay, well, but how's anybody finding you? Cause all of those things are closed ecosystems. Yeah, no, that's why if you've ever read our marketing bridge, um, article and like our metaphor of just what marketing is, we view podcasting and newsletter as like a nurturing right. role in your business. It's communicating with your audience on an ongoing basis. Social is about getting awareness and going to where people are hanging out and trying to, you know, get some visibility there. So it's like two different strategic purposes. Yeah. So the first thing to do would be to identify the platform that's going to bring you the least amount of mental stress. 
that you're also the most excited about. And so maybe that's just like writing out a little matrix and like scoring these platforms one to 10. Right. And so you score them in like, how do I feel using this? And then also like, how excited am I to use this and find the one that kind of feels the best to you mm -hmm. and then choose that one and then move forward. And one of the things that, that we talk about a ton here that you probably heard us say is experimentation is so important when you're doing anything, but especially with marketing, promotion, content creation on social media. And so a pattern that we've seen emerge a lot with folks is they'll get really excited about one experiment where they'll go, okay, I'm going to try reels for like three weeks. They try reels for three weeks maybe it flops completely and then they don't have like another plan to move forward right. and they go, Instagram Be is broken. Instagram doesn't work for right. me. The algorithm is, doesn't like my account. And it's like, no, it, it didn't like specifically the way you just did three weeks of Instagram reels. So what you need to do now is three weeks of carousels or sliders and share those for three weeks. Now compare the two groups and know which one works better. And so it's really about defining these experiments where you don't judge one test against the whole success of a platform. It's about creating a couple little experiments that are relatively similar, then comparing them, and then also asking yourself on the back end, well, which one did I like best? Mm -hmm. Because the last thing you wanna do is spend three weeks creating Instagram Reels, then do really well, three weeks creating sliders, they don't do that well, but they still perform, but you hated working on the reels. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, well, I guess I have to do reels. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you don't. You can do the sliders, just understand you're gonna get a little bit less reach. They are gonna work, but you're gonna enjoy it more. And so you're gonna look forward to doing it. You're not gonna hate doing it in six months and be completely burnt out. For sure. I think it's interesting because you also have to kind of balance being strategic with also being yourself. You know, I mean, you don't have to be strategic, certainly. It's like what you just said, right? Is yeah. like, but if you are really not seeing results and you're getting frustrated, I think part of it is as you think about these experiments to try, it's like keeping one eye on the algorithm or what you see things that are popping. If, if you're like, oh, you know, this audio is, is really trending or it's, it's like, yes, be strategic and understand what's really, what the algorithm likes, but then ask yourself, what's my unique spin on this? Like, what can I do differently? Um, you know, not trying to fit yourself into someone else's box just because you think that's what's trending. Like, you know, for the longest time, I feel like people were just like, oh, Instagram reels or TikTok, like you have to be dancing or you have to be pointing, pointing or yeah. you have to be on screen. And then I remember I stumbled across this account of this girl who designs logos and she does uh, Adobe Illustrator tips yeah. and in a really fun way. And it's, it's always like a different tip and that works really well for her, but it probably took her a while of doing her own thing and, and maybe even it flopping in the beginning because it wasn't dancing for people to catch on and go, Oh no, this is actually really good content, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think one of the things too that we talk about, uh, you know, fairly often when it comes to experimenting is you're going to have failures, you're going to have flops. Yeah. And what you need to do is get your little flop badge and wear it with pride. That's what. That's my whole thing. Is like go into it expecting like your content to flop. Exactly. Because if you do that and you set the expectation and you wear it like a badge of honor then you're going to not be discouraged every time you try an experiment and it doesn't work out. Like yeah. you're like, Oh, I have this idea and I want to do these like weird video dancing videos, but also with business tips Yeah, and you put it up and nobody cares. And, and you're like, if, if you 
don't see it coming, you're going to treat that like, like such a rejection. Yeah. But if instead you go, Oh, you know what? There's another flop, like yeah. wear it like a badge. I expected this to happen On to the next, um, your energy towards experimenting is going to feel a lot different. Yeah. And I think a big part of social media as it relates to starting out in business too, is you have to understand that being creative and standing out is at this point, one of the most important things you can do. Right. So if you're just doing the same thing that you're seeing other people do that succeeds, odds are it's not going to work for you. So you can't just follow every trend and expect it's going to work for you. You have to find your own creative spin on that trend. And that doesn't mean you have to do like the wild, different, crazy things that no one's ever done before. It just means it needs to have your own sprinkle of you on it. You, you have to find your own thing that makes it stand out. And and I, I really... I find it interesting when people say like, oh, Instagram doesn't work for me. And then you go and look at their account. You're like, yeah, but you haven't done anything creative. Like mm -hmm. you haven't done anything different. Exactly. It's the same things that you're seeing everywhere. The more saturated and noisy social media gets, the more creativity is going to be your leverage. Absolutely. So you could either look at, look around and see what everyone's doing and do that consistently day in and day out for the next year and hope that, you know, good things come of it, which I believe they will. Yeah. I do. I still think there's room for, for consistency or you could take the risk and expect the flops experiment and do something really different until you hit on the thing that really connects with your audience. And then you will see, I, I believe the results a lot come a lot faster than if you would have just done what the entire thing, you know, what everyone around you is doing. Exactly. Do you want to talk about LaShonda real quick before we move into, I want to talk about what do you do if you don't want to use social media? Just want to give her some credit. Oh no, I just, the, this is unrelated. This is back to what you were saying about the experiments Yeah. having like one month and then doing another month. Um, I, my friend LaShonda Brown on Instagram, I believe her handle is LaShonda M Brown, I believe. Um, did this experiment I remember a couple months ago where she was doing reels, but then she said, you know what? I'm going to do an entire month of just carousels and like really educational carousels. And she was able to compare the results right. of each one. And this is what you're yeah. saying is don't just do one experiment and, and it didn't work, but like really view it as from this like scientific lens of just being detached from the outcome. Like just like trying something and being able to, to, get data from it and then make decisions going forward. Yeah. I also think uh, bringing her up is a great re uh, example for someone to go, okay, I want to do these experiments. What can I go look at to see something mm -hmm, like that? Mm -hmm. So like her account, we'll put a link in the the show notes mm -hmm. for folks to check that out. So you don't have to look up her name or anything. We can just add it in there later. Okay. Now let's talk about what do you do if you don't want to use social media? If you're like us, what are you, what are you working on? What are you doing from a content marketing type of thing. So like, what are we doing moving forward, but also what would we recommend for folks to think about or embrace as they move forward? Yeah. I mean, listen, I know that one of our advantages is that we already have a news, uh, an email list, right? So we have these other marketing channels that we can fall back on. Yeah. Um, so going forward for us, it's going to be just about continuing to show up here on the podcast. It's going to be um, still sharing travel content cause we do want to share that. But as you said, shifting it more to putting it on the website and yeah. then, you know, maybe putting up one post on the, on our account and doing YouTube. So YouTube will also be a point yes, of leverage, which for we us. had always planned to do. Great. So really shifting, I guess, to the podcast and YouTube and, yeah. and the blog and really making those our channels. But I know not everyone is in that position because 
like I said, maybe they're starting from nothing. But if I was someone who really didn't have an audience and I really didn't want to be on social media, I think what I would do was would be to lean on collaboration. Yeah. I would be, I would try to come up with ways. I would maybe do the the online summit circuit and and try to come up with like really valuable speaking topics where I could get in front of people and maybe build my list a little bit, but in a way that's more intimate with like a um an online summit or something like that. Or or do my own summit or do my own workshops. Yeah. I mean I think one of the things that it's the same advice for being on social media is you have to go where the people are. Right. So where the people are, are people who already attract people. Right. So people who have popular podcasts, people who have popular YouTube shows, people who have popular newsletters and all those people who are already highlighting other people who have an expertise or a niche or like something that they are an expert in quote unquote expert. You know, it's a very loose definition of that, but going and you, you have to do the cold outreach. You mm-hmm. have to put a pitch together. You have to send it to a bunch of people. You have to expect to hear a lot of no's, but it's very similar to posting on social media. Right. Like you're going to get the flops. You're going to have to try and be creative. Like it's all the same exercises just kind of done in a different way mm-hmm. to get the same outcome, which is to have people come over to your little island that you've created with your little castle on it where you're selling your things and providing value. So it would really be writing down like, okay, where are all the places that people are being interviewed or being showcased or whatever? How can I be a part of that as well? Mm-hmm. And I think the unsexy answer to all this is it takes work. And time. And time. And if you're looking for like a quick win solution, uh, social media may be the only option where you can get some type of like overnight viral success. But we can tell you that most of those things, they don't pan out. Mm-hmm. And like aiming for those is you're constantly going to be aiming for something that you're never going to really achieve. So why not go for stuff that it's a little bit more well-worn and proven? It's going to take a little bit longer, maybe a little bit more effort, but you almost know you're going to succeed with it because it does work for almost everybody who does it consistently. Right. I think that is what you just pointed out is a really interesting insight of why social media has become so crowded. And it's because it offers this promise of immediate validation, near immediate validation with a very low barrier to entry. Um, And it's almost like the marketing is coming to you, right? But what a lot of people find out is, and and you poured all this time into it and it feels like the risk of rejection is low because maybe people don't like your thing, but it's not someone in your email inbox saying, no, thank you. Right. So it feels like this very low barrier thing where you can expect marketing to come to you. But the irony is that you go there and the risks feel low and it's free. And so you pour all this time into it. And a lot of times the results just aren't great for the majority of people. Whereas the alternative, like you're saying is you do maybe the thing that feels riskier the, um, the barrier feels higher putting together, you know, like a pitch and sending emails to people who can have you on your, their podcast and things like that. But eventually I do think that the results might pay off more for you than just pouring kind of time and effort into this thing where the grains of sand can just fall right through the, I don't know what my metaphor is here, but like, yeah, the grains of sand are falling right through the, you got it. You nailed it. Nailed that metaphor. Uh, last question I have for you. That's not on our list. How do you feel about LinkedIn these days? Oh, I always forget about LinkedIn. LinkedIn works for a lot of people. We have, it really does. We have Waymers who are, the reason I bring it up is because so many people forget about it, us included. I know. And there is a, a whole social network there as well. So I think that's kind of like the last piece of advice here is maybe there are other places that are not like the biggest places, Mm -hmm. but that there's still a good amount of people hanging out that you can reach 
that don't feel as like sexy and viral opportunities and like all this other stuff, but you also don't have to be as trendy. You don't have to be as animated maybe as you don't want to be. You can just show up in a way where you're sharing blog posts or articles or, you know, Q and A's or whatever, and it's working well. Subreddits, another example, like there's a ton of people hanging out in subreddits for things. Be an expert there, hang out there, exist there, share valuable information. Like you can find people in those places. I think it's just about if you really don't want to be on the main platforms because they don't feel good, get creative and go elsewhere. And that's an answer as well that you can embrace and you can try. And as always, take everything we say with a grain of salt because... It'll slip through the cracks. It'll slip <laughs> the grains of sand. No, because the whole purpose of this series is for you to develop your own compass for making decisions and not just going off of what we say because everyone's different. And maybe if you're really jazzed on social media right now, find people and coaches in spaces that are super into TikTok and super into Instagram and immerse yourself in that type of content. So you can be, you know, supported in that way versus us who are maybe in just a spot right now where it's not good for us. And so we're taking some time off. Yeah. All right. Well, we have completely fallen off of our classic movie night, so we don't have any movies to share with you. We're sorry. Yeah, we were really curious if this was going to continue as we were traveling. Like, yeah, we're going to do it. But I think just with the very different schedule that we have right now, mm -hmm. and every day is its own adventure. Every day is an adventure. And we may go for a walk, and like it's really fun, but then all of a sudden we like end up in like a super busy area, and then it's just like, oh, let's get home and relax. Yeah. And then we just don't want to watch. I meant to say that. Do you know what? one thing I do really miss? Homemade popcorn. Yeah. Is that, what is that it? No, okay. but I do miss that. Yeah. We tried, the first week we were here, we did go to the grocery store and get like bagged popcorn and try to, it didn't work. No. Um, I really miss walking in like a neighborhood. Yeah. Well, we, 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 uh, you put your foot down the other day in a good way yes. of like, we used to do these afternoon walks and we've done them for years and, years and it's one of those things that's like one of the most centering things for us, even during the pandemic when things were really crazy, it was like, we still went and did our walk every day and just cleared our mind for like 30 minutes mm -hmm. and getting to a big city. The problem is, is there's just no escape. There's nowhere you can go. And I'm sure like there are neighborhoods, obviously just right. probably not by where our Airbnb is. I just, I remember this when I entered in New York, this feeling of like nowhere you go where you don't see people and yeah. it, it starts to make me feel extremely claustrophobic and I miss our little, it makes me really just appreciate all yeah. that time we had where we could walk in a neighborhood and hear the birds chirp and there's not a person in sight. Yeah. And I miss that a little bit. Yeah. Well, our next destination, as we share with you in the next episode that there's you'll listen space. to- there will be more space. Uh, Where do you think it is? Send us an email. Oh, okay. Um, do I send an email as well mm -hmm. with guests? You. Okay, great. Yeah, you're not telling me where we're going. I'm mm -hmm. just showing up at the airport with my bags, <laughs> and I'm just like, take me to somewhere in Europe. It's magical. And you're like, no, but you have the boarding passes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I booked everything. Uh, okay, well, that's our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope uh, you're embracing all of your own thoughts around these discussions as well, and we'll give you some things to think about. We'll be back next week with another episode of Embracing You as we go through this series. And we appreciate you. And we hope you're having fun enjoying some of our Prem Vels in these episodes. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.